since you're... It doesn't matter. Okay, we'll let her read Well, it. i got to grab my Bible. I've got it on the phone. Oh, I'm, I'm reading your verse. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's about music. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> is it a song? It is. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I'll read your verse. It's God's verse. It's not that's my true. verse. That's true. <laughs> I guess we better get started because uh, we might miss something good. So we have two lovely ladies here with us. Well, first, let me say welcome. We're glad, we are glad that you're here on GPS to God. Please make sure you subscribe on YouTube right down here, right down here, bottom of the screen. Just click it. Don't hit it. Right, Ryan? Correct. And, uh, you know, help us out. We're trying to reach more and more people, and you help us do that. So thank you very much. Um, Facebook, we're not on Facebook. Let's cut that. Instagram. <laughs> we could be on Facebook, I guess. But we are on Instagram. We are on Instagram. Do you have a personal Facebook page you can share this to? I, I do. I mean, I, I mean, all people should share it to their Facebook. So you, you know where we are. If you listen before, you know where we are. Help us out. Subscribe, rate, review, all that kind of stuff. Let's get on to why we're here. Miss Meredith Andrews. She is with us. She does have Facebook. She has her own website, MeredithAndrews.com. She's on Instagram, Mayor Music. Is that how you would say that? Yeah, because everybody calls me Mayor. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I also liked it because it's like Mere Music. Like, I don't know. I felt like it had a deeper meaning. <laughs> like, without Jesus, it's Mere Music. I don't know. I Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> she is bringing the, the bringing good the stuff already. Yes, yes. Oh, this goodness. is going to be good. I think I just overthink things, guys. Yeah. But <laughs> so that would be M-E-R-E Music. You got it. Mayor Music on Instagram. She is on Facebook. She does have a Facebook page. You can find her there as well. She has her music available on Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, YouTube, all those places. Check her out, Miss Meredith Andrews. Let's get to a couple accolades real quick. Dove Award winner. Hmm. Not once. Multiple times. Worship Song of the Year. Check that. Praise and Worship Album of the Year. She's got that too. Hardware hanging on the wall. <laughs> Thank you very much for being here, Miss Meredith Andrews. And our first ever musician. I'm so, so honored. So awesome. Thank you. You, you are, uh, you know. Don't don't feel pressure, but we got high expectations okay. for you tonight. <laughs> I'll give it my all. <laughs> it's going great so far. <laughs> other than me not knowing we don't have a Facebook account. It's okay. Ryan, make that happen. No. Uh, sure. <laughs> I'll take care of that. So, Miss Meredith Andrews, thank you very much for being here. Yeah. We also have back with us again, Miss Lori Patterson. Lori with an E. That's right. Get it right when you send your fan mail in. (laughs) She is, I mean, we'll just call you out. She's a fangirl. Yeah. I'm not going to miss this opportunity. Well, I'm also a fan of Lori Patterson, just so we're clear. (laughs) See that? That's right. Our daughters were on the same cheerleading squad for a year. That's deeper. Season. Yes, Yes. Yes, that's right. (laughs) So, So Lori made it clear that I don't have to be here, but. I need to be there. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much it is. I'm so glad she did. Yeah. So. The female needed to be present. Amen. Yes. And, yes. and we, we expect you to bring it too. I got it. I'm ready. She's, I'm prepared. She's definitely yes. ready. I mean, she has charts and graphs. I've never seen it. Wow. Yeah. 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 really is a graph over yeah. there. Yeah. That's impressive. Paste. Okay. Still. She was printing off four pages. I like to be ready. I'm impressed. The people have questions they need to answer. <laughs> the people. You're here to represent the people. Well, 
we we represent the people too. We're here for the people. The female so. people, yes. Yeah. Hey, we we do, we do, <laughs> do good with our female That's demographic. We do. Speaking we of which, before we, I'm sorry, Meredith. Oh no, no, no I, I told you. Needed. We, we talked a little bit about sports here. We have a contest going. Yes. So last week we mentioned we had a, a NFL player who had mm-hmm. played on the Super Bowl. Send in your guesses. We're going to give you another clue this week because uh-huh. we did have some guesses. Yep. But we, they were good ones. I, I think we need to narrow the field down a little bit. We're trying to help you guys out. Winner gets a $25 gift card. Maybe multiple winners. We don't know yet. But <laughs> this player played for the Tennessee Titans in the Super Bowl. So one of the guesses we had this week from Miss Penny was Peyton Manning. That is not correct. Great guess. <laughs> if Peyton Manning wants to come on, we'll carve a timeout for him. We would love to have him Podcast on. at parkwaybc.net. Podcast at parkwaybc.net. Thank you, Lori. <laughs> You've earned your paycheck already. Podcast at parkwaybc.net. Make sure you email those guesses in or leave a comment on our YouTube video. Peyton Manning, come on in. We will not interfere with your Monday night football schedule. We will schedule another night. When you come in, just bring Eli with you. Come on. Yes. Yeah. Zo- zoom or in on in. we can come on Monday night. Yeah. yeah. We, we can come Take on it. the Monday night broadcast. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Set up there Willing to travel. I love it, guys. Yeah. Dreaming big. Aim it high. Shoot for the stars. Shoot for the stars. So, <laughs> yes. if you want in on the con- contest, former Tennessee Titan who played in the Super Bowl, what's your guess is who do you think it is that will be a guest on here shortly? And the winner or winners get $25 gift card mailed right to your email address. So, all right, there we go. Now getting awesome. on getting on with the good stuff. Miss Meredith Andrews, multiple time award winner. How did you start singing? Have you sang your entire life since you were a kid or did you just pick it up on a whim one day as a teenager? <laughs> well, okay, so um, I grew up in a little town in North Carolina, a little town called Wilson. And my mom was part of the praise and worship team at our tiny church. Like it was literally maybe 80 people on a good Sunday. You know, we were just small. So everybody kind of pulled double duty. My mom helped with praise and worship and children's ministry. My dad uh, was an elder and then he mowed the lawn every other Saturday. You know, so we were there all the time. I grew up under a pew and I loved it. I gave my heart to Jesus when I was five. Three weeks in a row, just to make sure I was in. Yeah. And then my mom was like, you don't have to keep doing this. You're, you're good. Um, but she would practice at home. And she had like, she called it a song mate. It was essentially like a karaoke machine. But it had two tape decks and two microphone jacks. And she'd put in her backing tracks and she would practice. And I would sit there wherever she was and I would listen. And I'd hum oh. along. And I don't even know how exactly... People figured out that I could somewhat stay on pitch. Um, But when I was six, I was asked to sing special music for offering. And, um, you know, again, small church. They're hurting for special music. They need some variety. They've got to change it up a little bit. So let's ask the (laughs) six-year-old. And I sang, I love you, Lord. You know, that old song that it's got one part and I love it and it was easy but it still means so much to me I love that song so that's kind of where it started yeah and then I started singing with my mom and we'd sing southern gospel music and we'd sing in like other small area churches and like little you know revival meetings or whatever and we would snap and clap and had these little synchronized moves it wasn't anything fancy it wasn't like backstreet boys or anything it was just more like swaying side to side and she'd sing the first verse and i'd sing the second verse and that was kind of what it was you know but 
it it worked. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You cannot see the videos. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> well, That's so now we know there are videos. There are videos <laughs> to be seen. There are They're locked in a vault. <laughs> yes, VHS. Oh, one hundred percent. So, yes. so we need all of the listeners to email at podcastparkwaybc.net. Oh, go to uh, MeredithAndrews.com. Go to her Facebook page and let her know we need to see the videos. <laughs> the people need the videos. Yes, yeah. right. we need to see the snaps oh man all right i gotta call my mom see if she can (laughs) dig them out of the attic (laughs) we we are about self-embarrassment here as well i love it so something i read about you also was your parents were foster parents yeah what was that like having kids how many kids i guess first came into your 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 home how long did they stay i know each one was different but yeah what was that like as an only child Mm -hmm. having brothers and sisters come in on a temporary basis yeah well um I you know I was eight years old when my parents started fostering and before that time I remember saying to my mom that I really wanted a brother or sister and that I was praying that a baby would appear in her tummy (laughs) you know that's what just I'm praying for it and um they had trouble getting pregnant with me and I think it was probably eight or nine years that they were married until um they had me. So, um, the Lord had just put adoption on my, on my mom's heart specifically. And we looked at, I remember sitting in the bed with her and looking at this piece of paper that, um, it was about international adoption and it had like columns of different countries and the, and like the, the process of adopting from these different countries. And I think initially they were thinking about going that route, but our pastors at the time were foster parents as well. And so um, my mom was able to sit with my pastor's wife and just kind of hear the ins and outs and um, what you had to do to become a foster parent and go through the training and all of that. And, um, and they sat me down one day. I was, I remember I was at my great grandmother's house and they said, um, we're bringing home a little girl tomorrow and her name's Nikki. And I was, I mean, beyond excited. Like I, I my grand, my great grandmother's house was tiny and I was trying to do cartwheels in her living room. Pretty sure I like <laughs> kicked a coffee table, but, um, I was so excited and, and she was the, this first little girl that we had, she was just the most precious little girl. And, um, when she came to us, she was not quite two, but she had not yet, uh, learned how to walk. And so she crawled around on her knees and, um, after a few months she was running around our house and, um, just the happiest, sweetest little girl. And she, I just felt like she was my human baby doll, you know, like she's my, (laughs) and I took her to show and tell one time in second grade, you know? Um, but, uh, she did go, back with her mom and that was a very very hard day that will forever be etched in my memory because um we knew that her mom was going to come for an in-home visit but we didn't know what the outcome would be we knew that she had the option of you know working with social services and potentially um taking nikki back and um I don't know. I guess I just hoped like she would stay with us. Um, but I came home from school and the house was really quiet. My mom was sitting at the kitchen table drinking a cup of coffee. Uh, I was dropped off from a carpool and I said, mom, where's Nikki? And she said she went back, um, 
to live with her mom and I just fell on my knees with my backpack still on me and just like bald my eyes out in the middle of the hallway and you know as an eight or nine year old kid that was really hard it was the first I guess it for me it was probably one of my first experiences of loss but I will say that it was so worth it just to get to have that experience and to you know for me as a kid like I didn't understand all the ins and outs, obviously, of of what these kids had been through and why they even needed to live with us. My parents would just give me the, you know, eight-year-old version, essentially. Um, But I knew that I loved them. And um, some kids stayed for a weekend or a week, you know, if they were in transition or there. I remember we had this brand-new baby boy named Ezekiel. His mom, they were from Ecuador, and his mom had him in the States and had to have surgery. And so we just had so this just tiny little baby, this Latino baby boy. I'm like, I love you. Anyway, <laughs> he was just the sweetest, but you know, and some kids would stay longer, nine months to a year. And then uh, my parents ended up adopting three boys and two of them are brothers. And my youngest was from a, a family where, um, we had had his brother and sister, his older brother and sister, before he was born. And so when his mom got pregnant again, they asked if we would adopt the baby. And so we brought him home from the hospital. And I was 12. Um, and that was, uh, I think he was the last um, child that came into our home. Because we had had about 20 kids in four wow. years. Wow. And, you know, not at the same time, obviously. <laughs> uh, I think five was the most at one time. Um, and, again, some would stay uh, just a short period and some for longer. But, um, you know, I don't even know where a lot of those kids ended up, but I just have to believe that God brought them into our family's lives for a reason, even if it was just for um, a couple or a couple days and that it impacted them in some way that was eternal, you know. What lessons did that teach you? I can only imagine eight, nine, ten years old, however old, old you were, as your parents were, you know, foster allowing foster children in your home like what did that teach you what were your parents teaching you probably that they didn't even realize at the time well I think what I saw especially in my mom was and still she's just very much she's just very generous um and when I say that I mean just of herself like she is so giving of herself and she's so willing to give of herself and even before we started fostering when we would be on our way to church, there was a row of houses um, uh, that were kind of like, you know, low in, lower income housing. And there would be this one duplex where these three kids would be playing outside. And one day my mom just stopped and said, would you mind if I took your kids to church? I mean, it was just down the block, you know, and that was like normal. Like my mom would just pick up kids off the street and take them to church, you know, like, and so of course they're going to come live with us, you know, and of course we're just going to love on them. And, um, I, I know that there were times where my parents felt unqualified to, um, meet the needs of some of these kids because of the abuse and the trauma that they had been through. But what I saw was just a willingness to serve and to love and to pour into these kids. And, and it really drove home this, just what Jesus says about loving the least of these, you know? And, um, I, and I later went to, uh, Liberty university and my major was family and child development because I think because of my mom, I, mm-hmm. the Lord instilled within me a heart for, um, 
for kids, especially kids that don't have parents, especially orphans. And I was planning on moving to Guatemala, and that's a whole other story. <laughs> but I had spent we like time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'd spent uh, I'd gone to Guatemala six times during the time I was at Liberty, and would, would keep going back to this one orphanage, and um, thought I was going to move there, and um. It turns out that, you know, family and child development, I guess, was for my own children, but uh, I'm still trying to develop them. Lord, help me. Teach, but, us, yeah. teach us what you've learned. Oh, goodness. I'm, every day I'm like, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> yeah. But, have you ever, have you been able to reconnect with any of the foster kids that were in your home as adults? Do you know where any of them have, have Actually, landed? Well, I do. We do know where... Um, my youngest brother's uh, siblings were, they were adopted by a family in Florida and my mom kept in touch with them okay. for a while. Um, I don't know when the last time it was that she would, t- she talked to them cause you know, they'd be in there. It's crazy late twenties now. Um, and it, it's so nuts. I've, I've thought, I've thought about looking some up on Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, I can't remember all their last names. My mom might be able to, but, um, what was weird, this is a complete kind of a different thing, but I started sponsoring a kid through World Vision in my freshman year of college, and he was 12 when I started sponsoring him, and he so he aged out you know, eight years later or whatever it was. And he found me on Facebook. Oh my goodness. I know. And so like we started talking about it. It was so crazy. I'm like, is this real life? Wow. <laughs> Anyways. Wow. That uh, that's pretty cool. That's the beauty of just being able to connect with people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. True. yeah. All over the world. So growing up, what were some of the artists that you listened to or songs that were playing in your home or albums you remember that like oh, inspired you? Yeah. So many. It's which decade? Like, I know. Start early. <laughs> I know. Okay. Well, I do. My earliest memories, I would say, are like Salty the Singing Songbook. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All day, every day. Yes. Do you know what that is? No. Salty. Oh, you bless know what it. That I do not. Yo, I, I, I totally not know. Come yes. on. Oh, and there was like it was volume a blue one. songbook. Yes. He was a blue songbook. It was a person in a blue song. Anyway, yes. They had a video. Salty. Salty. But, but it, it was, was spelled P-S. P-S. Like Psalms. Like Salty. <laughs> Anyway, and it was like for kids, you know, and that was my jam. Yes. And I then mean, if it wasn't on like Reading Rainbow or something, I, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> they didn't it. play Salty. Yeah. No, no. I, no, they did not. <laughs> um, and then I remember Johnny Erickson Tata had a kid's tape. I mean, it was a tape. Yeah. Sandy Patty had a kid's tape. Yes. Those are the ones that I remember when I was a kid. And then my mom loved this worship leader named Don Moen. Who wrote this song, God is Good, all the time? Do y'all remember? God is good. Nope. All the time. Keep going, though. <laughs> a song of praise. And the, okay, no takers. I'm, anyway. I'm embarrassed. I don't know. Oh, it. it's what fine. Is it's wrong way with back. Me? Nothing's wrong with you. Well, just, you can go look it up. I will. But Don Moen, okay? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure my mom had a crush on him. <laughs> like, <clears throat> I mean, we, that's all we listened to. It was him. Or it was like Turning Point with Dr. David, David Jeremiah. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was what was in the car when I, he picked me up from school, you know. it was. Um, and then I got a CD player, <laughs> I think when I was like probably 10 or 11. And it was like a fancy one. Like it had five discs, like lit up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was yeah. so amazing. I got it yes. for Christmas. Yes. And I remember with that, I got like um, the Point of Grace um circle of friends album oh, yes. they were all in white oh you yes know? do you know who point of grace is 
No, I don't know that. Oh, come on. I do know that one. I do know that one. I mean, that, that's pretty Point well known. Point of grace. Pretty well known. He's a little younger than we are, he so. Is. He is. He's the baby. He should yeah, still know. Do you have Jesus but... in your heart? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. Okay, good, good. Just making sure. First live Just intervention checking. here on the podcast. It is. It is. Like, we are road, really, we we are really stepping it up. We're really stepping it up. Hey, we uh, don't know how much time we got left, y'all. That's true. Very, anyway, very true. so and then I mean Rebecca St. James. Have you ever heard of for King and Country? Uh-huh. Okay, well it's their big sister. Okay. So okay. Rebecca St. James, uh, she was like my favorite. Like I was, qua- I was quasi a stalker of her. Like I had her. I had all her records. I went to see her in concert and had this crazy moment with the Lord at her concert. And then I had her 40 Days with God devotional. And I know all the members of her family, which is weird now because I, like, know them. And, like, I go to her parents' farm and I'm like, hi, guys. I've known y'all for a long time. I know a whole lot more about you than you think I do. You have no idea, really, who I am. I just come and here's all your animals. They have a lot of animals. I mean, it's hilarious because they have... This is a side note, but there's a, a friend of mine who's a producer who works at the Smallbone Farm. He has like a little barn. So anytime we're recording takes, we have to wait till the rooster shuts oh up or the guineas or like, <laughs> I mean, the donkeys. I mean, there's like all the farm animals. It's it's quite comical. Anyway, I think, I think Rebecca St. James has a podcast now. Really? I think so. Yeah. Some someone can fact check me, but let's say that's true. Amazing. Let's say that's true. Well, I don't know. I mean, that she'll if you ha- were still stalking them online, right. you might. Right. I, I I kind of quit my stalking ways. It got a little weird. I just like let's go. Confess her pills. Yes. Yeah. Jesus, you're the famous one. Um, but I did meet her. When was it? In the in the like last no it was the beginning of the year we were at this like worship event and she was there and i walked right past her and jacob's like <clears throat> and i was like what and he's like rebecca st james and she was with one of my really good friends and like we were talking and i'm like i can't even i just it's so funny because i'm like yeah, you don't even know. Like she's got her baby. I'm like, you have no idea. Like you have no idea. Which people say that to me now, yes. and it's so funny. I'm like, I get it. Yeah. Like I was such a fangirl when yes. I was growing. Up. I loved Christian music. Like I still have all the CD cases in my cabinet at my parents' house, and I would read through all the lyrics. I would look at who wrote the songs. I would look at who played on the albums. I looked at the record labels. I mean, I was a geek about mm-hmm. it, you know. And it was just so fascinating to me. Um, but yeah, Nicole Nordeman's one of my favorite, my, one of my favorites. Um, Darlene Check, of course, from, uh, Hill, you know, she was original mm-hmm. Hillsong, Shout the Lord. Um, Rita Springer, um, uh, which Rita was one of my favorites and she was with Vineyard for a long time and that's how I first heard of her. Um, and now she's one of my dear friends and it's, again, I had to just, it took me a few time, tries to remember how to speak English in the room. Because it's just like when you're with people who have impacted your life yeah. in such a profound way. And you, you can never fully articulate. Mm. Like I can never fully articulate to her. Even though I've told her like a, a hundred times and she's probably tired of hearing it. Like the number of times that I laid on my floor and bawled my eyes out to your song, Make Us a Prayer or a Fragrant Offering. It's like, I can't even count them on one hand, but the Lord knows he was there. <laughs> Anyways. So. Well, how does that feel now when people do that to you? Because I've got a story. Okay, you. great. I love stories. <laughs> Which I've told you, and yeah. I'm skipping a bunch of stuff. But with well, you, you, 
Yeah, I don't know if we can get to all your part stuff. Part two, well, baby. Part two. Because I, be part I talk a lot. Sorry, guys. No. Yes, no, you're fine. You are here to carry the conversation. Yes, you are doing Yeah, but the problem is there's no clock in the room, so okay. I have no idea what time it is. That's right, right there. Oh. That's, that's how many that's minutes That's our timer. Got. So just the, the num- green number on the left. Is how many minutes that's we've minutes. been going. Yes. Okay, great. But I just don't know what time it is. But, if but it's not, fine. If you're not busy tomorrow, we can do this again tomorrow. Well, it's fine. No, well, it's my daughter's birthday tomorrow, so I might need to skip tomorrow. Yes. We did have cake for Ryan on his birthday up you here. Did. Oh, you nice. Did. Sweet. We can yes. always make arrangements for that. Yes, yeah. we can. Amazing. Well, I ask how it feels now when people tell you how you have impacted or a song that you've written. Um, and I'll tell you one, and then you can say how, you know, just how it feels now that you know both sides of it. But yeah. the first time I met you, which was at an Upwards Award night several mm-hmm. years ago, I got to tell you really quickly um, what your song, Not For A Moment, meant to us um so i think i told you that night we had tried for a long time to have our child Mm -hmm. and she stood beside me as i told you this story which was like such a like cool god full circle circle moment moment, um but i think it did it come out in 2013 somewhere around for a moment yeah yeah okay so we went through in vitro to have amelia and so as we would drive to the clinic, there are several songs that would stick out to me. And even to this day, when I hear them, it like almost takes me back in time to that season of driving to Nashville and being sick and all these things. And so um, not for a moment was one of those that we would hear. And so then when we had her and all those words of that song, which I printed because I can sing it all day. But when you go to say it, I'm like, I don't oh, want to no. speak these words. No, same. And I wrote the song. Yes. <laughs> but when, you know, all of these things about God that he was for us during that time. And um, after all, you're constant. After all, you're only good. After all, you are sovereign. Not for a moment will you forsake me. And I ended up singing this song for her baby dedication. Mm-hmm. Because after we went through that, these words were like so real to me. Yeah. And, um, you know, you were reaching through the storm, walking on the water, even when I couldn't see in the middle of it all, when I thought you were a thousand miles away, not for a moment, did you forsake me? Mm-hmm. And so in the midst of the storm, you don't, you know, it's, it's always when you reflect back that yeah. you see, oh my goodness, you were there all along. You were with us. You yeah. provided in so many ways. And so this song to us, which we call Amelia's song, because mm-hmm. it was so just, it was on the radio. And then it, yeah. the word spoke such truth to us. And then, you know, as we held her in our arms and we heard this song, <laughs> you know, you almost can't hear it now without crying. Totally. Um, so what, I mean, how does that feel? And I would love to know when you wrote that song, like, what were you going through? What did, what did you reflect back on when you wrote that song? Um, tell us everything. Yeah. Before you answer that. <laughs> Is that a copyright infringement that you just changed the name to her song or to Amelia no. Amelia's song? Yeah. I'm happy for it to be called Amelia's song. I, I, I think her record I label start introducing it as quotes. Such. Yes, her, the lawyers at her record label may have something to say about. Oh, that. they're that, fine. That part they're might fine. get muted. Yeah. That's right. No, I love that because it's personal to you, you know, and it's it's so astounding to me that. I can go into a writing room and have a conversation with my friends. In this case, it was my husband and one of my closest friends, Mia. And to talk about seeing the faithfulness of God in every season, even when things didn't turn out the way I'd hoped. And, And then see how, like, there's a ripple effect. Because that, what's interesting 
and this is the case for most of, I would say, uh, 99% of the songs that I write. Before they're released, I get to live with them, and I get to be ministered to by them honestly you know like the in the writing process it's it's like therapy because I'm just remembering who God is and what he said and standing on his promises that are true and not for a moment was very much a this is a promise and God keeps his promises his promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. So if he said he's not going to leave me, he's not going to leave me. If he says he's not going to forsake me, he's not going to forsake me. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to walk a hard road. But I don't have to walk it alone. And to be honest, when, when we wrote the song, there wasn't necessarily a scenario in that moment that brought it about. But what was interesting was that it was like God gave it to us in a time where he knew we were going to need it because um, maybe a month after we had finished it, my bro- my youngest brother walked through something really, really hard and it was just devastating to our family. And I was around the holidays and I remember just singing that bridge over and over again, like um, just reminding myself and well, I wasn't singing it for anybody else. I, I was singing it over myself and back to the Lord, reminding him of his promises and going, God, I believe you're not finished. And in my hurt at my worst, when my world falls down, not for a moment, will you forsake me? And then, um, so that was the beginning of December, the end of December, a couple of days after Christmas, um, my husband, Jacob, his cousin, uh, lost her first baby um, and at a full term um, she was stillborn and um, you know we had our first son uh, we had Maverick um, but he was the only he was the only grandchild so far you know or great grandchild so far and, and and we had never sang not for a moment in public until um, Amelia's graveside mm. um, when we sang it there for her funeral and it wasn't it it wasn't anything that was planned you know like we never thought we would have to sing this song um burying this baby that never got a chance to to live very long outside of uh or at all outside of her mother's womb and so songs are um a lot of times like lifelines you Mm. know it's like the lord will just drop them into our laps when when we don't know we'll, we need them. But to carry us through certain situations and trials just to remind us of who he is and that he's He's holding us. And, um, and so now whenever I hear even stories like yours, and um, I, it's just, I'm just amazed. I'm just like, wow, God, like that you would use this little offering you know to like bless the hearts of people and you know you see it as yeah bless like the hearts of a lot of people but then you hear those individual stories and you see how God was at work in your individual story and in your life and in your womb and it's just I'm just so grateful and humbled and just blown away honestly because I still feel like a very normal human being from the small town in North Carolina, you know, <laughs> like 
and and maybe that's good like i never i never want i never want to be like i never i man i just god's not calling me to be a celebrity he's calling me to serve people and to love people to, lo- to minister to him and and minister to his people and it's such a privilege you know and i love talking with people i love hearing their stories i love hearing how God has met them through my songs or in other scenarios. And it's just, we're all just in this together, you know, like we're all brothers and sisters. The The ground is level at the foot of the cross. You know, there's, there's no hierarchy in the kingdom of God. Like Jesus is on the throne and we're just here. We're like, <laughs> I'm just glad to be here. You know what I mean? So, the, the alternative was not so, uh, no, right. not, right. <laughs> no, no. not so inviting. <laughs> not at all. So, Talking about writing music and songwriting, kind of what is your process? So I've heard people say, I can, so a guitar player, I can come up with the music and the song would write itself. Mm-hmm. And then I've heard other people say, no, you come up with the lyrics and the words and the the music will write itself. Sure. So kind of for your process, what is that, you know, where do you fall in that? Yeah. Well, when I first started, I was just writing songs by myself. And I mean, the first song I ever wrote, I was 12 and it had six verses and no chorus. So <laughs> I had no idea. I like no gauge on like song structure. I guess I thought I was like a modern day hymn writer or something. You know? like, just verse, 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 verse. I'm sitting on gold here. Gold. <laughs> Which I then sent to the copyright office because I didn't know what else to do with it. I'm like, hey, yay. They sent it back with like a stamp on it. And I'm like, cool. Now what? You know? Um, but uh, my process has definitely evolved over the years. And um, I started co-writing, uh, I think, towards the end of college. And then out of college, I was co-writing a good bit more. Um, and now I just I prefer to co-write. Um, when I would write by myself, I would say that most of the time it was it felt like just inspiration hit. I'd go to the piano and I'd just clunk out something. And didn't know is this good is this not good is this but i don't matt redman always says there's no bad songs there's just unfinished songs i don't know if that's true but i mean i get it what he's saying <laughs> uh, because like you're you got to start somewhere and and it with as it is with anything like you you the more you do it the better you get the the more honed in on your craft and 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 the more i just kind of learn to tap into i don't want to just spit out a song because it follows the rules or it sounds good or it ticks a box. Like I want to write a song that is truly from my heart, mm. that blesses the heart of God, that encourages people that, and that, that draws them into the presence of God that points them straight to Jesus. Like that's my goal. So um, I write with like-minded people who are, who have that same goal in mind. And um, I just love getting in a room with either strangers or people that I know really well and um, just striking up a conversation and seeing what comes out of that. You know, sometimes it's small talk and then you go, well, what are you going to write? Sometimes they tell you your whole life, their whole life story. And you're like, well, I think we've got a song here somewhere (laughs) and we just got to go digging for it a little bit, you know. Um, But it's a really beautiful process. And um, my husband is a, a keyboard player and producer and Anytime he starts playing keys, 
I instantly have melodies come or lyrics. Like, it's just so inspiring to me. Now, if I do it, it's like, nothing, you know? But if he does it, I'm like, what is this magic? Like, I don't understand. That's why I quit playing piano when I married him. But um, I just get really inspired by by music that feels beautiful and creative and and a lot of times melodies um and lyrics will come from that so sometimes it's both and for me i kind of prefer to write melody and lyric together um but a lot of times i will come in with either either a phrase or like four lines of a concept but if i don't have a melody around it it's kind of like it's just like wet clay you know and like we'll just see how this takes shape you know as a career musician though is it hard to kind of be selective and and only put out music that is inspiring and and, you know is, is praise to god do you ever have a struggle of man i know i could make a song that would be on the radio or, you know, would be popular and put some money in my pocket. Like, is, <laughs> sure. is, is that kind of a struggle for you or no? Well, maybe because I've never actually had crazy radio success. Like, Not For A Moment was probably the most played song that I've had. That and, and a song I had called You're Not Alone, which was my first single, like, a long time ago. It's a ballad. Like, who puts a ballad out for their first single? But anyway. It was a hit. I, uh, I don't know a if hit. Hit. I don't know if it was a hit. It was totally a hit. I mean, it was fine. But um, I did write that song by myself. And it was like a download from the Lord. I was like crying and like writing on this notepad. and like, I hear you, Lord. And he's like, you're not alone. I'm like, okay. Anyway. Y'all um, know that song. You don't know you know that song, but y'all know that it, song. It's fine. It was, it's old. It's like, oh, gosh. It's old. Anyway. Um. I think for me, uh, I had I did have a very interesting moment where I walked into a writer's room when I first come to Nashville, and it was at my record label, and uh, I didn't know the people I was writing with, which was kind of par for the course, but it was fine. Like you just you get to write with these new people, and you get to know them, and it's fun, and it's great. Um, but as this record label executive if you will was like closing the door she goes write a hit and i'm like (laughs) and i looked at the people in the room that i really didn't know i was like is that why we're here (laughs) that's not why i'm here (laughs) like i just want to write a song that honors the lord and i and i think like when you establish that early on and and i will say this too i've had i've walked through some disappointment with my music like things haven't always worked out or gone as quickly or as far as I envisioned or hoped. And I remember when my first album came out, there was a lot of like, um, there was a lot of hype kind of around it. And, um, I mean, all these different Christian magazines were writing articles about me, this new girl. And, I was like, wow, really? I'm, I'm like, I don't think I'm that special, but cool. <laughs> um, and then a few months after my album had come out, I remember, and this was in 08, I remember we lived in Chicago at the time. My husband and I, I released an album in April. We got married in May. So we were living in Chicago and working at a church there. And I remember one night, I think Jacob was on tour with Jeremy Camp because that's a whole other story, but that's how we met. He played keys for Jeremy. And so he was out on the road and I was home alone. And I was like, Lord, I I don't understand. Like, 
this is not doing what I thought I was going to do. Like, what is going on? I thought you called me to this. And God said so clearly to my spirit, Meredith, why would you think that just because you didn't sell a certain number of records, I didn't call you to this? And I was like, I just thought maybe <laughs> that would be evidence of something you were doing. I don't know. That's not illogical to me, Lord. And he's like, this is what I've called you to is not an industry. You know, it's it really is to minister to my heart and to minister to the hearts of people to where they want to be in my presence. And that's not always going to be the most popular and it's not always going to be what sells and it's not going to be what's necessarily on the radio. But if you take care of the depth, I will take care of the breadth. That's what he said to me. So it's been this marathon of learning and growing with the Lord of listening and a refining and man, some really hard stuff and some disappointment and some, I've got to humble myself here and I, you know, I feel overlooked, but God, it's not about me. So you do whatever you want to do. And, um, I've just seen the Lord be so faithful and so kind. And I don't know if I could ride a hit if I tried, honestly, because <laughs> it's just not my lane. I, I don't think I would, I don't know. Maybe, maybe one day God will let me ride a hit. We'll see. It's okay. Well, that, that's something, sorry, Lori, that's something we've talked about before here with different guests of not measuring yourself against worldly standards, what the right. world says, yep. um, especially in America. Mm-hmm. This is success. This is what success should be. Yeah. Is a lot of times in direct conflict with what God says his success should look 100%. like. 100%. So. Well, and that reminds me, uh, one of my friends always says, um, success in the world or to the world looks like accomplishments. It looks like achievements. It looks like the gold birds on my shelf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but success in the kingdom looks like obedience. Huh. It looks like obedience. It looks like mm-hmm. surrender. You know, it's just, it's an opposite kingdom. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I, I just want to be obedient, you know. And it, this is just a side note, kind of funny story, but... Uh, the doves were just a couple weeks ago and I was actually out of town. But, uh, my husband won a dove for something. I should know this. Oh, it was a gospel. It was a gospel album. Anyway, sorry. Um, Man, I should have done better. I really homework. don't pay I attention. I could have brought that That's up right. in the uh, No, no, it's fine. But I think Jacob's won like three or four. I think this was maybe his fourth, but it was so funny because, one of my kids, I can't remember if it was Remy, who's my middle, or Frankie, my daughter, my youngest, said to my uh, mother-in-law, like, I don't know why Dad wants another one of those. He's already got four. Funny, <laughs> 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 like, that's awesome. we already Enough. have these. <laughs> we don't need more. <laughs> just, that was so funny. Yeah. So when you're writing songs that are to be, that are intended for worship, mm-hmm. like, what type of a responsibility does it feel that it's? you know, theologically sound and that it lines up with the word of God knowing, I mean, we can all remember songs from our childhood. We know how ingrained music, I mean, it's so easy to put scripture to a song because then you know it, but how, like what kind of a responsibility does that feel like when you're making sure your song lines up with scripture, people are going to be using it to worship him. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's always kind of what's like on the forefront of my mind. I wouldn't say, 
like I might have felt it as pressure when I first started, but now it's kind of like a challenge because I go like, God, I just want to communicate your heart. I want to communicate your word. I will, show me what you want to be written in this song to put in the mouths of your people to sing back to you. Because, and I don't want it to be anything else. I don't want it to be my viewpoint or my opinion, you know. Um, but what's also beautiful is how God invites us to partner with him. And we all have different lenses. We all have different experiences. We all have different filters and ways that we view things, way that we do things. We have different personalities. And so it's just so cool to see, like, how God births different sounds and different lyrics and different things through different people because we're all created in his image, but none of us are cut from the same cloth. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're unique in that. So, um, it's definitely a a massive responsibility, but, and one that I don't take lightly, but also one that I just am so honored to get to attempt, um, to again, put songs in the mouths of God's people to sing back to him. I know that you've been you referenced Chicago and mm-hmm. what brought you to Nashville? Well, so we were in Chicago. I'm again, I'm not from Chicago. Remember that was hard. That was, I'm like, Lord, that's why we're, you're not alone. Cause I moved to Chicago from North Carolina. A long way from Wilson, North Carolina. Yes. Probably just no sweet tea. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. much snow. That's a biggie. Yeah. For, for yeah. those of you listening in a region of the country without sweet tea, it's <laughs> wrong. We will pray for you. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and yeah, I'll never forget. First, I was driving in Chicago and somebody like in traffic, like flipped me the bird and I had to pull over and cry because no. I was like, no, I'm such a bad driver. And this is one of these mean, evil people. <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, I was in Chicago for 10 years on staff at a church there. And my husband, he came on staff um, after we got married. So he was there for eight. We, we were there together for eight and had our boys in Chicago. It's so crazy. Um, but we moved to Nashville uh, over seven years ago. And um, I was pregnant with my daughter, and we just felt like the Lord released us from Chicago and made a way for us to come to Nashville. And Jacob and I met in Nashville. Okay. Um, he's from Louisiana. I'm from North Carolina. It's right in the middle. It made sense. We, we wanted to be here. We were ready to get out of the frozen tundra. Sure. Um, sure. And the Lord just opened the door. So, yeah, we came about seven years ago and uh, have lived in East Nashville pretty much ever since. So. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Before we get away completely from the Dove Awards uh-huh. and, and all, you know, your entire bookcase of them you have in your house. Oh, gosh. No. <laughs> We we like behind the scenes information. Yes. So can Great. you tell us a little bit about like red carpet experience? What is that oh for, for the people who are on the red carpet? We're all looking at you. What is it like for you looking back this way? Well, it's pretty intense, honestly, because <laughs> you can't see it necessarily. But it's like every two feet, there's another person asking you questions. So you're you're going through this interview line, and and, and they're just asking you a lot of questions. Some of them are the same questions you just got, and so you're trying to be authentic and not give like the <laughs> verbatim same answer you just said. You know, um, it, it's 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 fun, but it's very intense and it's very fast moving. Like it only lasts for maybe five minutes usually because. 
well, maybe a little longer, but it's fast. Um, and I haven't actually done one in a while, so I might be a little rusty, you know. I might be just the <laughs> slow grandma. I mean, like, guys, can we just take our time? I have a lot more to say, you know. I don't want to talk about surface stuff. I'm just not a surface kind of person. I like to get to the deep, the good stuff, you know. So, anyways. <laughs> Give, give me that back. I wasn't done talking. Give me the microphone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't move on. Yeah. Like, you have your own mic. What are you yelling at? <laughs> yeah. Ryan got scared for a minute. He right. did. Hold up. He did. Give, he put did. your arm around him. Give him a hug. <laughs> yeah, Love you, brother. Uh, was there ever a particular moment or anything like that that you were like, ah, oh, I made it? I made it. Yes. Oh. You finally got to where you like a like a goal or anything like that. I can answer that. When I reached out for her to come on yes. GPS to I God. Like, I Jeez. get to go Amen. on GPS to God. <laughs> That's it. Man, podcast what did I do to deserve this? <laughs> I made the podcast. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I can't say that there's ever been a moment that I've thought like, oh, I made it. Because, you know, what's interesting is like, I think we could all probably attest to this. Even when you have a dream... If that dream gets fulfilled, you're not going to stop there. Hmm. It's like, well, I still have breath in my lungs and uh, heart beating in my chest, so God's still got use for me here. Right. Like, I I still want to love people well. I still want to, like, make new goals and, and have new dreams and and make a difference and an impact in, in the world around me, you know? Um, but I do one, – one night that was really special for me was – uh, was actually Dove Awards um, seven years ago. I was very pregnant with my daughter. Uh, I'm not sure how, when you air this, but tomorrow she'll be seven. <laughs> and the doves are in October. So I was literally like nine months pregnant with her. And um, they wanted me to sing Open Up the Heavens at the doves. And I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, well, I'll do my best. Um, but uh, I had like a stylist, um, Lori, this might be more up your alley, but she found me this dress that was like this black sequin dress that it wasn't a maternity dress, but it worked somehow it went over <laughs> my big old basketball belly. And um, I'll just never forget though, like for King and Country, we're actually hosting, I think that year. Maybe with Mercy Me, Bart Miller, Millard or something like that. But they were like telling jokes. And uh, we were behind the curtain and getting ready to go. And I'm literally like hands on my knees, like bent over, just trying to breathe. <laughs> no. Like I wasn't in labor, but I'm like, I need oxygen. <laughs> you know, like, this curtain's going to open. I'm going to have to sing. Like, but I, I just need air. Um, but it was just a fun night because like, you know, all a lot of so many of those people I know them they're my they've become my friends and you know they're like there's Meredith and her big old belly up there just <laughs> singing her heart out and that was just a fun moment you know yeah. not that necessarily I made it but just like wow this is this is like a dream come true I'm right. I'm singing at the Doves I'm pregnant with my daughter you know I have Ooh. two boys before her and like it's just I'm so grateful. Like yeah. I'm in this black sequin dress that I have to give back tomorrow, but it's fine. Like I'm just thankful that I get to not look like a, a walrus, you know. So anyway, it it was a sweet memory. That's awesome. Do you yeah. have to clean that those clothes before you give them back? And no, you just hand them back, you just hand them back, hand back and they like dry clean them. I'm pretty sure Carrie Underwood wore that for the CMAs like the next 
week or whatever it was. I'm like, that was my dress. We're going to dig up some we'll, photos. We'll That's back right. your story. Okay, perfect, perfect. perfect. Yeah. Yes. yeah. We will. Thanks. <laughs> One thing you mentioned earlier was World Vision. Yeah. Can you tell people what that is a little bit, and are sure. you still involved with that? Yes. Um, my family actually sponsors a little boy from Honduras named Javier, <laughs> and he's so sweet. Um, but we started sponsoring through World Vision because they came to our church. And what I love about World Vision, so they're a um, child sponsorship um, organization, but primarily is kind of how they started. Um, but it's really incredible. I've actually gotten to know some of the people over there. And uh, back in August was did a um, like a pastor's retreat with them in Utah at, at Snowbird. They just invited all these very, um, I mean, random, like there was no one denomination. It was, they wanted it to be very diverse, culturally, all, all of it. So they had all these different denominations, all these different backgrounds. It was so beautiful. But they wanted pastors just to come be poured into and loved on. And um, so they invited me to come lead worship for that weekend, which was really sweet. And I got to know a lot of their staff there. And they're just incredible. But one of the things I love about World Vision and um, and their child sponsorship program is they started something called uh, Chosen, their Chosen program, which usually you go to an event or, you know, like a women's conference or a concert and you'll see a Compassion World Vision or another kind of table and they'll have like these kind of pamphlets with a child's picture and a little bit of information and you choose one. Well, this is actually, you take a picture of your family and they take it to a certain village Ooh. and they hang up all these pictures oh. of all these families and then That's the cool. kid gets That's to pick awesome. the family. So Javier cool. picked That's us. Cool. I know. <laughs> so it just really, I love it so much and that they show the video like they you know they our pastors went down for the whole thing and you know the world some of the world vision staff were there and they had a video of it and oh. it was just like the, i bawled my eyes out just the <laughs> sweetest thing watching these kids like look at these pictures of like who's gonna be my sponsor and anyway it's just really sweet and i just love what they're about that's a that's a little Very bit cool. of pressure though, not to fail because they have your picture. Like, that's right. You oh, I know, me. and I'm so bad at like sending letters and stuff, you know. Yeah. So I tell my kids all the time, like, y'all, we got it. We got to write a letter to Javier. We got to make sure we're sending all the stuff, you know. Step it up. <laughs> yeah, step it up. <laughs> One day I want to go visit him, which I think we could probably do because Honduras is you know easy to get to. But I've already been, I've already put a bug in the ear for of the World Vision team. I'm like, when y'all gonna let me go? I'm like maybe after you know COVID settles down a little bit. Right. I'm like, fine, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> COVID, that's the world's excuse now. That's COVID. Yeah, COVID right. schmovid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Easy excuse. Easy excuse. Uh, so is there anything new that you've been working on that we could, you can, this is first. You've never heard of anywhere else. <laughs> well, I don't on know podcast. about first. Exclusive. <laughs> Exclusive. Yeah. You heard it here. Um, well, this is a few months old, so yeah. sorry to disappoint you. But uh, <laughs> I did release my very first Spanish album. Um, back in May, it's, it's called okay. Abrenos it's awesome. Los Cielos, which is open up the heavens. Nice, and um, I think it's eleven songs. <laughs> oh, I don't even remember. How um, do you say oh. that in Spanish? Once, <laughs> there you go. Canciones. <laughs> <laughs> um, and nine of those were previously recorded in English, so not for a moment is on there. Um, two of them are new songs that I've recorded. Well, one of okay, let me. It's complicated. One of them is a song called Make Room um, that 
was recorded previously by the people who wrote it, but it's a worship song that I love so much. And so I wanted to record it and it just so happened that it came out in Spanish before it came out in English, mm. just the way that like timing worked out. And then the other new song is, is a song called carry the world. Um, but it's in Spanish and, uh, my, I'm blanking right now on what the title is cause it's been so long since I sang it. <laughs> And I'm not fluent. I just am conversational, and it's late at night. So, anyways, I know you can't tell. There's like no windows. Uh, but anyway, the, the magic of Hollywood, right, <laughs> yes. right here in Middle Tennessee. That's right. <laughs> Impressive. Um, but yeah, but carry the world is. I'm hoping that we'll get to release it in the next two years. I don't know because I say that kind of jokingly. We recorded it over a year ago, oh. in English and in Spanish. It released in Spanish first. Um, but it feels like a very now message. Like it's just with everything that's happening in the world. Like, um, the course is simple, but it just says, I can't carry the world, but you can, you're holding it all in your hands. And I've had to, even in the last year and a half, continually bring myself back to like, God, you're on your throne. Like this doesn't make any sense to me. And I really want to go like strangle well, I don't want to strangle anybody, but I do just want to fix this. I want it to be fixed, and I want it to be done with, and this is bonkers. And I have just had to go like, Lord, I trust you. Like, you're on your throne, and I don't understand your ways, but I know that you've got – I know that you take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it around and use it for good. And so even just with Carry the World, um, I, I I'm reminded of – that scripture in Second Corinthians 4, it's the end of the passage. It says, um, therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. And so, um, and, these light, and it says, these light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal weight of glory that far outweighs them all. And then it, the very last verse says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, um, but what, uh, what is on what is unseen because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And that's where I'm at. Like with all of this, I'm like, I can't fix or control or figure this out, but Lord, I'm going to choose to fix my eyes on the unseen and, and listen for like, what is the strategy of heaven? And, and why, if, if you knew this was going to happen, like, why are we here now? What the church, what is our role as the church right now? Um, how do we stand for what is true and what is right? How do we love people well? Um, how do we not give in to the cultural narrative, but uh, but stand on the word of God because that is the true narrative, you know? And that I mean, that was a lot to be said about one song, but that's what I feel <laughs> when I sing that of just going like, I can't carry it, God, but I know you can. And would you show me what is my response? And would you show me like? How to just go like, uh, this isn't my jurisdiction. And then where it is. When you want me to step in and say something. When you want me to stand for freedom. When you want me to keep my mouth shut. Just give me wisdom, you know. Because I tend to like see something like on social media and hits my justice button. And I'm like, hello. <laughs> this is not okay. <laughs> so I'm just like, Lord, help me. <laughs> I just want to love people well. I want to love you well. But I think too, I do believe that... Um, Telling the truth is one of the most loving things we can do. Mm. Telling people the truth. 
the truth of the gospel, the truth of what is in the word of God, because everything that God has said in his word is for our protection. It's for our good, you know, and when we fudge the lines or we, um, throw out certain scriptures because they don't fit our worldview or the way that we want to live our lives. Like we're doing ourselves. I mean, we're, it really is just going to damage our ourselves. It's, it's, it's destructive and it's, and God is inviting us into holiness. He's inviting us into truth. He's inviting us into this place of moving from glory to glory, you know? And so, I mean, that's maybe a little bit of a tangent, but that's just kind of where I am right now. I'm like just pressing in and going, God, what are you saying? Because the, the noise of the culture is very loud, Mm -hmm. but I want the word of God to be even louder. Yeah. I know this is, we'll try and, and keep this a short answer because it's getting into a whole nother tangent, but sure. kind of the music industry and you've had a song recorded for a year and a half, two years. Does the record label make the decision of when to release that? Do you have any say or is it just it, a can it's of worms? All, I mean, it's a can of worms and it's a perfect storm. And sometimes I'm just like, Lord, it's your timing. And I'm not going to try to force this if it's not the right time. But to be honest, like a lot of it was, um, COVID, the the initial months of COVID were quite an adjustment for me and my family. I think it was, and I know it was for so many people, but for us personally, it was, uh, (laughs) we're home all the time now together. And it's highlighting these things that just really need attention. These fractures and these cracks that, um, need attention and, and we need rest and we need, um, healing. And so, uh, there were some delays because my husband is my producer. (laughs) Um, there were just some delays with that as we were kind of working through family things. And, um, and in the meantime, you know, every, a lot of people were releasing music because they were home. So then, um, it gets, there's a lot of traffic and the labels going, well, it's not really going to have a chance if, if it's just going to get lost in the mix. So, um, it's just kind of been this conundrum and I just have to go, well, Lord, you gave us this song three years ago. And so we're just going to trust that it's going to go out when it's time. And in the meantime, you know, I, I sing it live whenever I do most of the time, whenever I'm, I'm out live. So a lot of people have like recorded it and put it on YouTube. So it might be out there somewhere, but one day it'll release officially, hopefully early 2022. Well, and that's a, I had a question I had with social media and YouTube and things like that. How has that changed? You, know, if you have this song like, okay, I can just put it on social media yeah. or I can release it to YouTube. Yeah. It's actually on my Instagram. I forgot now that you say that. Oh, Cause we were, yeah, I heard we, it. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot because um, the beginning of COVID, like so many people were doing like Instagram lives, you know, and so we recorded it and and it's still saved on my Instagram from like March or April, maybe of 2020. Mm -hmm. So go find it there. (laughs) Can I ask a funny question? Sure. Or do you want to stay deep real quick? No, that's okay. it. Okay. We were about to go into our thank you spiel. But one we'll, more we'll question. Put, we'll pu- one. push pause on that one. Okay. I got a okay. question. So go. Go ahead. I'll oh, you have you. a question. I'll okay. Give us something like when something didn't go right. Like you forgot words, oh, your yeah. voice cracked. Great. You know. Perfect. So many times. We're, oh, gosh. We could be here all night talking about those stories. The blooper reels, right? Yes. Like the time when I... This isn't the main one. I'll share one. But I, uh, 
literally had, you know, would have my babies with me at church when we were in Chicago, like leading worship. And um, I, I would feed them and then I would hand them off to the nursery worker. And I would like after I burped and, and burped them. And I remember one time Remy, my second, it, I just had he spit up all down my back. And it's like five minutes before service. I'm like, real cool. But at least it was down my back, not my front. But I'm like, y'all, this is real life. Like I got up and told them, you know, I was like, y'all, I just nursed my baby. And I, he spit up on me and yeah, it's back there. But whatever. It's just it is what it is. You got to own it. That you got to own it. You got to own it. One hundred percent. Exactly. And, I, you know, I'm. I'm just a human like yeah. <laughs> with I can sing but that doesn't make me any extra special but um there was this one time at harvest though and this was so crazy because it was just random we were singing a song it was a hill song song called stronger so this would have probably been back in like 2011 or something and um all of a sudden we start hearing this very loud very loud sound like wailing or something and we figured out in the middle of the song like at first i thought it was the girl that was singing with me because she's kind of got a gospel vibe and i just thought she was going off and i'm like i'll get it anita okay like wow those are some notes and it was just the same thing over and over i'm going what is happening i finally realized like it's a siren like there's some kind of alarm going off and nobody can figure it out and we're like just i'm leading the song and it stops. No, I think in the middle of the song, I'm just like, all right, everybody, come on, lift your praise louder than the s- siren, stronger than the siren, or something like that, because there's a video on Vimeo or YouTube, is stronger than the siren. You can watch the oh whole thing. Oh, my goodness. But <laughs> after like five yes. minutes, <laughs> after like five minutes of this, and I'm like, I don't know what else to do, y'all. Why don't you just turn and say hello to somebody? And like somebody put on the screen, like on, uh, you know, the PowerPoint, like you are not in danger. Cause like we didn't know, like a fire alarm, like what's happening? Well, it turns out <laughs> there was a bullhorn on the front row and somebody had kicked the alarm <laughs> switch on. And that's why it took so long to figure out where it was coming from. And then finally they switched it off and everybody cheered. Yes. You know? Yes. That's, that's awesome. awesome. That's Good times. That's great. That's great. Uh, so one of the things I, I saw was uh, the belonging, mm-hmm. and I saw the list of members, like the people that were singing on it, and I was like, "Holy cow! Look at the group it's, that you're in!" Like Natalie Grant, Carrie Job, Hope Darst, uh, Cody Carnes, and like, how does that come about? How does that the, that kind of creation? Jesus, yeah, we all just showed up at the same church. <laughs> that's Literally, crazy. that's what happened. Nobody was recruited. Yeah. It was just we were looking for. A, a place to call home and yeah and we had actually started uh we started out at a different church we were at church of the city for our first year in nashville and loved it and then the lord actually spoke to my husband and said I, w- I want you the belonging to be your community be your family yeah. and we knew so many people there um yeah. henry and alex we had known for a while we would stay with them whenever we would come to nashville from chicago um henry mixed a bunch of the vertical records from chicago yeah so we knew them and then Mia Fields was a big part of like starting the the, the belonging and it was so funny because anytime we would stay with Henry and Alex um they would be meeting like on Tuesday nights and and we were never there like when they were meeting or we always had stuff to do those nights but Mia was the first one to be like it's a church and Alex was like it's not a church and she's like it's a church (laughs) (laughs) and it sure enough like it went from their basement to their church and you know it's crazy I think it's seven or eight years old now it's just grown a ton and that's awesome yeah but that was just that just happened yeah (laughs) kind of crazy 
Well, Meredith, thank you very much for coming on tonight. Yes. And um, we are so excited that that uh, we were able to do this and get schedules lined up and all that kind of stuff. Me so, too. Um, it's uh, um, been great and wonderful. First musician. So sure. we could Amazing. not have asked for for Amazing. a be- better one to come on. Oh, so, well, thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> success looks like surrender. So that's a quote from Meredith Andrews, but we're going to steal it. So, <laughs> Follow me. <laughs> Give us a chorus. Give us something. Oh, you, oh, we can't hey, have an artist. Oh, we're coming. We're, okay. we're going to coax her back because there are so many more music industry <laughs> questions. and so Yeah, many you have a things. whole page there. There's no way we talked about all that, is no, there? No, we did not. Okay. I was just trying to keep up with Lori. Hey. <laughs> I'm not even halfway done. She's not even done. Uh, no. got you got, you got like three pages. Okay. Three more but, pages. Uh, and, a, and a graphic. Yeah, Meredith told us uh, earlier tonight that she is just getting her voice back, so we didn't push too hard for her to sing, <laughs> but next time we are. So <laughs> Sounds be, good. Be, be on the lookout for that. Part but, two. Yes, part right. two. Perfect. But thank you very much for being here and um, sharing with us and, and yeah. letting us kind of see behind the scenes of the music world and, yeah. and just being an inspiration as well. So Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So, Meredith, we always end each episode with a, a Bible verse. So, since we have Lori here, we're going to let her take it away. Awesome. All right. Psalm 101, verse 1. I will sing of your love and justice. To you, Lord, I will sing praise. Love it. So, could not uh, be more fitting with Meredith here Absolutely. today? Sing to God. Um, don't judge your success by the world or, or how the world says you should be successful but uh, what God says and sing your praise to him. So that's it. We will see you all next week, Monday on GPS to God. Thank you for listening to GPS to God. Please leave us a rating on iTunes and also subscribe on YouTube and hit the bell if you'd like to receive notifications when new episodes air.